Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, he's found him via the deflection, it's Aaron Davis, he could win it, he probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh and it's an opening goal, what a start, Madden after just six minutes gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Welcome to this weekend's first of two very special Glovers cast ahead of the Easter bank holiday weekend. And yes, Ian is no longer here, um, but he will be alongside me for Weymouth. But I am joined by David Cates and Ben Barrett, who have kindly invited me onto the podcast and made me do the intro too. So thank you guys for having me and looking forward to this one. What do you reckon, Dave? Does she get the job? That was the voice of Sheridan Robbins, everybody. She's too modest. She didn't even introduce herself. But yes, I think I think she gets the job. So what, I, I don't even know where Perkins is. Until we pay his ransom, I don't think we're going to see him again, are we? But, we, uh, we, we are going to have to pay it before Sunday before Sunday evening mm-hmm. because he's, he's on radio Monday. Okay. One o'clock get, kickoff. Oh, one o'clock oh, kickoff. I will Can get around to we get some license V money for it? Yeah. <laughs> It's going up now. They're using they're they're cutting letters out of the Financial Times rather than the Sun. So they're you know they're going up in the world, but right, not really. He's on a beach in Cornwall. He's fine. He's fine. Don't panic. Don't panic. Of his own fruition, it should be said. No one's forced him to be there, so that's good. No, that's no. fine. Um, first thing to say is, if you are listening to this podcast, then quite frankly, a small miracle has happened because I'm on editing and publishing duty for this one and for the next one. So if this goes well then good news. If it doesn't go well, then us three are just talking into the ether forevermore <laughs> and never to never to hear the light of day. Um, 
Ben's laptop is literally held together with blue tack and sticky back plastic as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if it works, wonderful news. If it doesn't, I don't know. Who knows what will happen? Um, this is also two in a row of match day podcasts. Yes. Doesn't happen very often. We're normally either side of match day, but with the Friday Monday. We're going to go on match day. So you can listen to this on your way to Hewish Park or on the way to the Seagull Botherers on Monday morning, if you so wish. Uh, we're looking ahead to Aldershot at Hewish Park, the first league game of Charlie Lee's interimness, interimship. Interim, caretakership. Caretakership. And then uh, on Sunday, we will be recording again for the Monday release of the Seagull Botherers special. A little bit later on in the podcast, Dave, who did you speak to? Was it your uncle? Uh, it was not my uncle, no. Although my uncle is also called Peter. But no, this was Pete O'Shea. If anyone who remembers listening back to the Bank Holiday Monday, we always seem to play them on a Bank Holiday, don't we? August Bank Holiday Monday, we travelled to Aldershot. And yes, uh, Pete will be along in a bit to give me a bit of stick, to be honest with you. But um, that's the last time I invite him on. But there we go. That's all we do is give you a bit of stick. So Exactly. He's, he's, he's obviously been listening. Indeed. Let's do the news first. And we were discussing before we came on air. We don't really know what news there is, but there is some bits and pieces of news. We've got a couple of plugs, first and foremost. Sheridan, did you have a plug that you've been asked to plug? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's an important plug because I think we've all seen that the fitness of the players has been somewhat impressive particularly over the past few weeks. Um, and Scott Wickens, the sports scientist at Yeovil, has certainly made a difference, I think, this year. Um, and, you know, he's been spearheading a, um, a fitness session for a Thursday night for season ticket holders. Um, started tonight. The first one was tonight um, at 6pm, every Thursday at Hewish Park. And he's going to put you through your paces um, with some of the equipment that the, the lads use. Um, and I just think that's the sort of thing we need to be doing more of. Um, with the Oval Town, getting the community involved. Um, and I really hope it goes well well for Scott. So if you are in and around the Oval area on a Thursday night and, and fancy getting a, a session from the sports scientist of the Oval Town, get down to Hewish Park. So I, I think if I was closer, I'd definitely be down there because I'm sure it's going to be a really fun session. I'm just looking at the uh, Scott Wickens' Twitter now, and he's got a little seven or eight second video, and there's a line of equipment out on the dugouts. There's two bikes, static bikes, there is one of those huge, great big bouncy balls that my wife sat on when she was nine months pregnant. Um, we've got some dumbbells. We've got what looks like some sort of stool. Um, I'm, I'm tired just looking at this. I'm concerned <laughs> the fact that they, there's a bag with the number 20 on the side of it. If that's the weight, then we're knackered. Um, but yeah, lovely sunny evening at Hewish Park. I'm tired just looking at that. That's not going to happen. And I like the name as well, Fit Like a Glove. That's, that's good. Whoever came up with that, kudos to you, kudos. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Big fan of that. And he replies to a, 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 a tweet that says, if you're ever fancying it opening up to non-season ticket holders, I will be there. And he says, teasingly, keep an eye out for news on upcoming sessions. So we will keep out an eye out for upcoming sessions. The other thing we've got to plug is the Legends game. The guys have been on to us and they said, look, Glover's cast, we need your pull. We need you to, we, we need your influence. We've seen what you can do. We see how you can rally the troops. We need a bit of that. They've asked us to mention that their program sponsor has unfortunately uh, pulled out for whatever reason. We don't know. Obviously, it's been an ongoing uh, situation for a couple of years, this game now, but they are looking for a program sponsor. It involves 10 tickets in a box with a three-course meal. I don't want to overpromise this here, so 
if I leave something out, that's fine. Uh, 10 tickets, I think they said, in a box, three-course meal. Uh, obviously, full program coverage, which, by the way, Dave, I'm reliably informed, has some very good writing in it. I don't know about you. <laughs> it won't be mine, mate, but, uh, yeah, the idea, there is some good writing in it, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we have to, we have done well. We we have done a few uh, interesting interviews and uh, not done a few interesting interviews in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but hopefully, we will do some more interesting ones um, before the um, uh, yeah before the before the deadline. But yeah, now hopefully there is uh, someone out there. I am uh, at Hewish Park this this Easter weekend, so I'm going to aim to buy myself a ticket as well and uh, get get myself. Um, get myself down there for that one but so if there is someone out there who's got that um i did laugh that abby who um when we were asking her what the benefits of the was it two uh 1250 they're looking for for the sponsorship aren't they for the program sponsorship and she did she did give one of the benefits as decent parking so there you go if you want some decent parking not in a puddle we'd all somewhere. like that let's be fair yeah <laughs> Not in a puddle somewhere. To be fair, at, at Hewish Park, that's at a premium at the best of times. Yeah. Decent parking. So snap that up while you get the chance, if I would, and meet the players. And yeah. we've learned today a few more names. We know that Colin Miles is going to be there. Steve Collis. I assume him and Chris Wheel are going to get half each, and Chris Wheel can go up front for the final corners of the game. Um, yeah, looking forward to that, actually. I'm, I'm just about ready to come down. Dave, what time are we leaving? What time are we going early? Have you got the Friday off? I've got the Friday off, yeah, oh. yeah. So uh, we'll we will go whatever time you can get yourself over Benign's lad. Okay. To, to from okay. the White Rose to the Red Rose, and right. I will pick you up at the station, and we will ferry our way from there. And then Dave's giving me a lift back to Altrincham for the final day the next day afterwards. There you go. And then I'm going to double header for that weekend. Unbelievable! Oh, I'm going to be sick of the sight of that man by the end of the <laughs> end of Sunday evening. Okay. Yes. Is that all the news? Is that the news? Is that the plugs? Have we done we, that bit? Well, we did have a we did have another shout out because Sheridan had spotted Jackie oh. Neufield, everybody's favourite soccer mom, uh, had uh, had posted about the lads being at the Yeovil Town Community Sports Trust. How did she describe it? Easter Taster Day. Easter Taster Day. Now, I know that the Community Sports Trust has been doing their soccer schools this um, week because I've seen some photographs on their Facebook pages and, uh, and, all, and all of that as well. So there seems to be lots of happy, smiling faces, including some in Yeovil Town shirts, which is always good to see. There is one there in a Bayern Munich shirt. You must have come a very long way from Munich to get that. So these soccer schools are worth travelling for, it seems. But there was one thing that I remembered when I was uh, just having a quick scroll through the community sports trust um uh facebook page that i wanted to shout out as we're doing shout outs was they have uh, linked up with uh, manor court primary school which is one of the schools they work with um through their premier league primary stars um and, and they the school is trying to get a speed limit reduced outside of their of their school because there's concerns from from people um about the, you know, the speed of, uh, of of traffic outside there. So they're trying to get 500 signatures on this petition. Uh, a day ago, they had 294. So, Ben, we're pretty good at getting people to sign petitions, aren't we? So, so I've um, heard. So, so I've heard. heard. Yeah. So we want to call upon the forces of the Glover's cast. Go on the, um, you can go on change.org, the same place you may have signed another petition, and uh, and search for Yeovil Town Community Sports Trust or Manor court primary school sign your name on there and if you are driving past 
20 is plenty. Thank you very much. And that that uh, that um, petition will not see one third of the Glover's cast smuggled into the back of a van and taken to Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> so. Not that we're saying the other petition did. No, I'm just saying that one won't. I'm just saying yeah. that's that's yeah. that's a guarantee. Right. Now we've done the news. Yeah, that's it. That's shout talk? out. Shout out corner. Right. Let's do some football because we're playing Aldershot Town. Um, split loyalties for you, Dave. So I'm going to leave off you for a second or two. I'm going to come to Sheridan first. Sheridan, you've seen the majority of the Charlie Lee era. How, if at all, have you experienced it to be in any way, shape or form different to the Darren Saal era going into this busy doubleheader weekend? Yeah, I mean, I missed the game last weekend. But as you say, I've seen the other games that Charlie Lee's been involved in. I think, understandably, it's very similar but I said this in the press conference today and just watching the highlights and getting a match report from, from my dad who went to the King's Lynn, it just seemed that even at 2-2, we were going on to win that, try and win that game. I'm not sure we always did that under Saal. I think obviously we're at a different stage in the season. We're safe. We're not going up, not going down, all that kind of thing, all those caveats. But I do think there's a little bit more freedom that perhaps we're playing with under Charlie Lee. Um, and that might be because we're edging towards the end of the season, everyone's playing for contracts, all that kind of thing. But I think the way that Charlie Lee was as a player is being very much shown on the pitch in the players that, that he's now in charge of. So it's going to be interesting to see his first game at Hewish Park because it's not been the happiest of hunting ground because we lost, won the last two games there. But overall in the season, I think it's fair to say it's been disappointing. I would expect us to start really, really strong and try and keep that going as well. I know we did occasionally under under Darren as well, particularly in our in our good run. Um, but I'm expecting a lot more attacking play. I think we are a little bit more open under Charlie Lee, which is great for the neutral. I've, I've particularly Barnet. I really enjoyed that game. I think it was just end to end. It was exciting. Which you don't always get in the National League. Let's be fair. So. Um, looking forward to it and I think particularly when you know a club's struggling take the game to them that's what you've got to do it's funny you say about the um the the difference between Jewish Park and away just out of curiosity I thought I'd click on the home and away tables as you were talking there and it is staggering ridiculous isn't it the home table we're 17th one six drawn five lost seven of our 18 the away table if, if are either of you aware of where we are in the away table not a couple of weeks ago, it was seventh or something, wasn't it? It might be better than that now. We're one place off the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah. sad. Uh, seven, uh, seven wins, six draws, six defeats, 22 goals scored, 20 goals conceded in our 19 away games. That is, that is staggering. I don't, I don't think I'd quite clicked that that was the case, if truth be told. So, yeah, very interesting little game coming up. An older shot for them. Aside from the victory against Boreham Wood last time around, I mean, have been an absolute freefall. Kingsland are picking up results. Still a five-point gap and all the shot. I've got games in hand. But they need to turn things around pretty sharpish. So this isn't going to be any kind of gimme, is it? No, and I think we saw that with, with Kingsland as well. Yeah. As you say, they had been picking up, but 
looks like it might be too little too late I think there was that period wasn't there perhaps when we were sort of going on a better run where all the bottom teams were just dropping like a stone and now they've all got to try and and make up that gap for the last seven or so games um and you know to beat Borumwood I know they're woefully out of form too that FA Cup run has really completely derailed their season but still when you're winless in nine I think it was before then that is no mean feat to go there and um, and and to beat a side like like Boreham Wood. So it is not going to be easy. And you know we only got a point against against Kings Lynn, um, and that was in our preferred away. So yeah, no, it's not going to it's not going to be easy. Um, but we should be looking to get the three points. Dave, let's come to you then because it's it's funny when Sheridan says we only got the point against Kings Lynn. It's strange, isn't it, that we go off the back of those three victories in a row: Southend, Bromley, and Dover. And actually, we pick up two points and we're talking relatively positively about those two points. But actually, if you'd have offered me two points against Barnet and Kings Lynn, I'm not entirely sure I'd have taken them. I think I'd have wanted four or six. It's a strange little conundrum to be in at the moment, isn't it, Dave? Yeah. And like you say, I think the fact that we'd won against teams that maybe we wouldn't have expected to pick points up against. I think Southend were in very good form when we played them at home and Bromley, we, well, we always be Bromley, don't we? So maybe not them, but the, uh, but you, you would have expected us, you may well not have expected us, I should say, to, to pick up the points the way we did against those. So balances itself out, doesn't it? I think, but yeah, um, as you say, Aldershot in uh, absolutely terrible run of form. I mean, the only game they've won uh, since they, they they won at Woking, which is their their derby the day after New Year's Day, and the only other game they won was away at some team called Warmouth or something like that. Um, and it was an own goal in the 90th minute. So um, yeah, they've that's that's all they've done. Uh, so they they are they are really out of form, but. They, they've won the last one, so they'll take a little bit of confidence from that. But we're in really good form as well, aren't we? So, And it doesn't seem to me, listening to Sheridan earlier on, talking to Charlie Lee and talking to Charlie Wakefield, the two Charlies, um, then they they still sound like they're up for it, don't they? I know people keep thinking, oh, well, mid-table, nothing to play for. They'll, they'll be on the beach now. But I didn't see any of that against Barnet or against uh, Kingsland either. And whatever it is they're playing for, carry on doing it because they certainly haven't they haven't given up a they've given up a fight and King's Lynn was an interesting one because again they went we went ahead very early but they showed what these next two games are going to be like as well they're going to be even though they didn't play well King's Lynn they fought and scrapped and kicked and they and they had little bits of quality which um which got them got them through us and I think we maybe dropped ourselves to their level um a little bit in places because there were long long periods of that game last weekend where just nothing really happened so that's the thing we've got to watch against these next two games is keeping our standards and quality high I think Charlie Lee said today about how the first goal was sloppy and uh, I, I now openly admit that it wasn't offside. I haven't seen it on the replay. Ben said, uh, Ben chastised me in our WhatsApp group for, <laughs> for saying it was. But I, 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 do, I do hasten to add that there was nobody in that ground that had a better view of it than me and Q. And maybe what we didn't do, we were looking at the player making the pass. Well, our eyes probably didn't go to the player who then collected the ball quite at the right time. But it did look offside from where we, from, from where we were. But there we go. So you won't be putting your hand up for any linesman duty in the Legends game, is what we're saying. 
I'd, well, yeah, I'll do I'll do whatever you like, but you're going to be fairly desperate if you've got me running the line. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I get enough abuse as it is. I don't need any more. <laughs> don't need a flag to get abuse. Sheridan, Dave touched on it there, but you were on a press of duty, a very short press of duty today with Chaz and Chaz. Um, how how were they? They were both they were both seemingly on on pretty good form. Yeah, really good. And you know, speaking about saying that they clearly are playing for something, for pride, for the club. It's not just words. You can see it on the pitch as well. And they're they're really. I mean, Charlie Charlie Lee is he's not as you expect when you've watched him as a player. You know, it's not how you expect when you interview him. Um, and I think he's still. I can't believe I'm the one answering these questions and you can't quite believe he's in the chair, but he's really open. He's really honest. Um, and he's definitely got high standards. And I think the way he's able to have got the respect so quickly of not only the players that he didn't really know, but the ones that were his former teammates is very, very impressive. And that just goes to show the sort of man he is. Charlie Wakefield is always a joy to interview. I really enjoy interviewing him. He's just like a little kid that can't believe he's a professional footballer, always so excited. And um, again, really honest about his past few games. And I thought it was really interesting that I didn't even have to say about him being dropped. And he was like, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Um, I did what I had to do. I came on, I scored the equaliser and just really positive vibes. And, you know, for a, a team that's just seen the season out, there's seven games to go, nothing's really going to kind of happen. And it's actually quite refreshing to go to those sort of pre press conferences and interview them afterwards that, you know, they're still really excited when they win and really excited when they get a last minute equaliser. And it's just a little bit more fresh and, and, not perhaps what we'd expected when we were all, all, and still am very disappointed that 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 Darren left. But I couldn't really have expected this to happen afterwards with, with Charlie Lee um, doing the fantastic job that he's doing. There was a moment actually when you when you were talking to Charlie Lee in what was only an eight-minute press conference. That was one answer for Darren Sal. Unbelievable! It was a whole thing for eight minutes. Um, you asked him about the Weymouth game and said, "Are you looking forward to taking charge of your first Weymouth game?" And actually, it's not the words that he says. And if anyone gets a chance, go back and look at the video. And he kind of has this look as to uh, look to the sky, a little roll of the eyes, and, as if to say, oh, God, I'm actually quite nervous. <laughs> I'm not sure I am looking forward to it. And then plays the proper managerial answer of, I'm just concentrating on this game for once. But there's just a little crack of the window, and you just kind of open the door and go, I think he's feeling it a bit for Monday. It's a big game for him Monday. And I, I, just, I, I, just, I quite like that. I quite like that 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 vulnerability almost. And also the other thing that I really took from it, I was listening to it on the way the way back, was was Charlie Wakefield saying he owes the club a lot. And I thought that was a really telling line, just just a line that was built in there. It wasn't necessarily a question that it wasn't a poke, it wasn't anything like that. It was just a yeah, I owe the club a lot. And actually. The points he then goes on and makes about how we took a bit of a risk about a guy that had been seriously injured, and it's been a title of this podcast before, but a collapsed lung is nothing to muck about with, um, and things like that. And yeah, he I like that phrase, he owes the club a lot, and the fact that he's still going to come on and give everything for eight, nine, ten minutes as much as he would for 90. And that, that attitude, it makes them, oh, this is a stupid saying, it makes them real people, not footballers that we don't really feel like we can side with it makes them real people and that for me i thought was just really impressive and like you said fresh is a good word actually sheridan i think that's a really nice way of looking at it because yeah i just felt like they were they were mates ridiculous mm. as it sounds 
yeah no I I completely agree I loved how he spoke about Aldershot how it you know that was really one of my favorite wins it was the first win we had those lovely moments it was you could just see the joy with those memories coming back and and his little comment of course about can we put can we send Weymouth down no that's a shame I mean what else do you need from a Yeovil Town player? What a guy. I mean, he just as soon as he said that, I thought you're enamoring yourself even more. There's going to be a fourth song about Charlie Wakefield, isn't there, as uh, <laughs> you guys spoke about last week. So, um, yeah, I think, particularly as he did the presser as well, after one of his first matches in a long time, that, you know, he'd been dropped to the bench. Really impressive, really impressive. Like the way he didn't know what to call Charlie Lee. Kept calling him Chaz, and they said the manager, Chaz, the manager. It's like, yeah, it's like I don't think Char- I think Charlie Lee was it. Ruben Reed told you that he didn't want to be called Gaffer. Uh, so it's like they don't know what to call him, does it? It's like the multiple personalities of Charlie Lee. But yeah, uh, no, but it was good. It was good, and and he spoke for longer than the manager, didn't he? He was like thirteen minutes or so, but. Yeah, I was uh, I was looking actually on I mean soccer base which I use to count up um, statistics only shows the games that he played for the Chelsea on the twenty threes or whatever it was in the uh, pizza pot cup cup or whatever it is they call it but this season I according to soccer base anyway although I think we may have missed they may have missed one. That was, so let's say his 41st appearance against Kings Lynn. Um, so, and he scored, well, he's, he's got his uh, eight goals because, yeah, because the soccer base also doesn't show the Weymouth goal that he scored in the in the FA Cup. So, but the previous season, he's got, he's only played 23 games. That was last season for uh, Wilston and Bromley. And I make it that in all of his seasons that he's played five seasons, he's played more games this season than he has in every other season put together. Uh, And that probably doesn't count for Chelsea under 23, you know, league fixtures that they play in. But yeah, some going, isn't it? For a player that we thought was be uh, a real injury problem and someone a, a young injury problem at that to play over 40 games in a season is pretty impressive and he seemed to be really proud of that fact the way he was talking to you yeah oh definitely I think that was probably his biggest fear that you know he would pick up an, an injury particularly sort of early on in the season where he's you know scoring goals and you know enjoying his football I, I imagine he would have thought well some at some point an injury is going to um, take me out and I thought it was interesting as well when he said you know Charlie brought me into the um, in the day before told me I wasn't playing not all clubs do that and I just remember you know the moments when he scored against Bromley I don't think he had a very good time there I don't think he was yeah. managed particularly well it just goes to show there's probably so much talent out there I mean he's such a talented player isn't it and it's man management is a big part of football particularly at this level I think and clearly in in both Darren and, and Charlie Lee, he's found, you know, the balance between you're going to do this for the team, you're going to play this many games, we need you, um, but, but you know, also I'll put an arm around you when you, when you need it. And I think um, that's why we've just, got, we've just got the best out of him and he's been phenomenal this season. Here's a question then. Does he start against Aldershot? I'll open this up to the floor because I'm not sure he does in a strange way. Um, I don't think Tom Knowles has done a lot wrong. He know what form he's in. We know that there are others. I think we want to see a little bit more Josh Neufeld. Um, Depends on how we're going to set up a little bit. Charlie Wakefield, um, let's just do this in a word. We'll, we'll maybe delve into it a little bit later on. Sheridan, do you start him? 
No. Oh! David? That was a very odd noise. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I wouldn't start him either. But part of that reason is because uh, I'd, I'd quite like him to be absolutely flying for Monday. Completely. Yeah. Let I him go start, ripping into Weymouth. against Weymouth. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? And, and uh, people are going to go, oh, he's dropping Ruben Reed. Um, but can you, could you imagine Tom Knowles, Charlie Wakefield and Josh Neufield running at you in a derby? Uh, for that, that would be that would be quite something, wouldn't it? But I was thinking about this before we did this, started this podcast, and I, you haven't seen much of Charlie Wakefield and Josh Neufeld together, have you? No. no. And that's True. an interesting conundrum, particularly with Matt Worthington now missing for four games. You spoke about it on your last podcast that there's going to have to be a sort of switch in formation or just the, you know wings or what, whatever are we going to see them play together in these next two games don't know mm, be interesting wouldn't it there's some serious pace to burn there isn't <laughs> there with the three of them blimey yeah but there's also two games in quick succession mm-hmm. so in a little bit of the same way as Alex Bradley and Lawson Diaz weren't involved maybe slightly deliberately so against Kingsley knowing that they were probably going to have to play some part between them over the course of the next two games I have, to, I have to say, Charlie Lee's had a few managerial conundrums early doors. He had a goalkeeper to try and sort out last time around. I know that's been taken out of his hands now with Ted Cann going back and Grant Smith being back to full fitness, but he had to make that call. We've got this attacking conundrum where everyone in the world scored against um, Old Down in the Somerset Premier Cup. Others were scoring in the league. We had loads of, quote, informed strikers. Charlie Lee then pops off the bench and bangs in a worldie to get a point last time out. He's got some... Charlie really- Wakefield, not Charlie Lee. Too many Charlies. Too many Charlies. Yeah, Charlie Lee popping off the bench to bang in a worldie. That would be something, wouldn't he it? He did get a worldie against Barnett. Did he? I can, only, I can only remember Charlie Lee scoring headers. No, he had one, a nice little volley outside of the right boot. Did he? Went low, skidded in. Someone remind me. Someone will remind me. Um, but this is a, it's a real managerial conundrum. He's got to manage two games, two tough games, a derby... I can't imagine his team selections a particularly easy one tonight. There'll be plenty of people doing their uh, 11s on the fan hub and whatever else and putting and scribbling it down on the back of a, a fag packet on the back of a, a coaster in the pub tonight or tomorrow morning on the way to the game and trying to figure it out. And honestly, I've, I've had three or four different formations and three or four different team setups. Who, who do you think they look at in the middle of midfield for this first game? Because my natural reaction is Lawson Diaz. But in exactly the same reason I want Charlie Wakefield fit for Monday, I want Lawson Diaz fit for Monday as well. So do you play Alex Bradley tomorrow and tell Lawson he's got the derby? How do, how do we go about that? How do we replace Matt Worthington? I think Matt Worthington, um, uh, Alex Bradley is maybe a more natural replacement for Matt Worthington. Lawson is obviously more of a playmaker than where Matt Worthington is more about his, his energy and you know, creates things in, in a different way, doesn't he? I think Alex Bradley would be a more obvious replacement for him. And in the time, was it not? Yeah, Notts County when he scored, wasn't he? Thought he, he looked good there when he's come on. He's, you know, Darren Sal mentioned him before about how he's had to wait his chance, but when he's put in the, the effort and come in. So I would say... Alex Bradley for me, I would uh, I would bring in, give him that 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 opportunity. And as you say, if um uh, if things aren't panning panning out, maybe give uh, Lawson opportunity, or 
yeah, keep him fresh for the fresh for the derby. Uh, Sheridan knows him better than any of us. I imagine Lawson <laughs> be looking forward to a derby, won't he? Wow, he's going to have a. Some words, I imagine, with the referee, as he did in the comments of rocks on that infamous night in Weymouth, his finest hour on the co-coms. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he will... He'll get a booking if he talks like that on the pitch, well, won't he? He'll get sent off. <laughs> he will 100% be one. Yeah. He wants to play every game. Although, what is lovely about Lawson is that I remember speaking to him after Dover and some fans came over and went, oh, you must be so annoyed you're not playing. He was like, we won. What? Yeah. We won. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that attitude, I think, particularly with that injury that he's been through, he doesn't mind as long as the team wins. But he is the perfect person to have um, for the derby, isn't he? Um, I mean, there's, there's a couple of options. I think Sonny Blue Everton's going to be in with a shout. He only played off yeah, half true. the game because of the sending off. I think he probably would have got closer to 80 minutes. Maybe maybe even the full game had we finished with 11 men. I think perhaps he comes back in. Um, even Jordan Barnett. We haven't seen Barnett in a while, have we? Um, decisions, decisions, decisions. This no. is the point. We have not we have not had yeah. this headache all season long. No. This is I'm, sat, I'm sat here now. I've got I've got I've got the fan up that and I'm trying to put my team together. And I'm genuinely struggling i think at the moment i haven't hit save yet that's the important bit <laughs> little wilkinson barkley williams bradley gorman everton knowles reed and neufill yeah that's what, I, that's what i put and because that's not too many changes either is it yeah and i think he's going to need to make a couple if you then switch maybe everton for diaz for monday maybe one of the wingers for the fresh charlie wakefield oh that it is that is tough. Back-to-back games, going to have to see how they all react, of course, as well. Yeah, tomorrow's a very interesting game. A very, very interesting game. Two o'clock in the team news is going to be, is going to be fascinating. Yeah, and, and as you say, we, we'll get the team and thinking, well, how are they lining up? Yeah, um, putting this together. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's got a lot of versatile players in there. Um, and, you know, I thought it was so funny when the Charlie Wake, uh, Wakefield equaliser came up while we were at the wedding and Katie went, Charlie with the equaliser. And I thought, <laughs> not, not feeling so bad about checking my phone while they were getting married. Um, if the bride's doing it, you're all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The bride's doing it. <laughs> Absolutely fine. But as you say, cutting it on the left, like he can, he can flank either side. And I think, I think, as you say, if things aren't going right, there's no reason you can't bring Charlie on again. Um, even if you want him to, to start against, against Weymouth. Um, it is a nice problem to have because I, I, you know, I listened to you guys the last podcast and I thought the same, you know, Worthington, four games, four yeah. games. You know, I think it's kind of good that two of them are in quick successions, you kind of get two of them out of the way quickly, but that's, that's a lot. And he's been a, he's been a big part of our season, but there are options there, which, which is great. Yeah, if anyone who's missed out on that news, uh, it's not three games as it should be. It's four games because he's already been sent off once this season. So it does add an extra game to proceedings. So Aldershot, Weymouth, Stockport and Halifax all will not have Matt Worthington. He will be back for Wilson, Borehamwood and Altrium's final three games of the season. And my, my little bit of concern is that Del Gorman is edging closer towards 15 yellow cards. 12, isn't he on 12? He's on 12. So if he gets booked in these next three, he then which, misses. Which is very possible. Like yeah. <laughs> he then misses three and is only back for Altrium's. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that that 
will then be tough. There's only so many options, isn't there? And I think Gorman is one of those, you don't realise what you've got until he's gone. And he's oh, a yeah. big miss, big, big miss. When you miss those games for his first uh, suspension, not it really affected the midfield, didn't it? And our, our ginger percentage is going to be decimated, isn't it, if he goes? So, yeah, going to have to do something about it. Is it, uh, is it time to hand over to my, uh, no relation of mine, uh, Pete, the shot fan? Shall we go to Pete and listen to what he has to say to me about uh, today's uh, opposition, as we should call them? We can, but this is where the editing has to come in and I'm going to get right. tested. So right. if this bit goes tits up, this is my fault, okay? Okay. So yeah. introduce Pete. Go, do it, do it, do it. I'd like to introduce Mr. Peter O'Shea. Glover's Cast, the podcast dedicated to Yeovil Town Football Club. Okay, so this is Dave, and I am joined once again by Pete O'Shea, an older short town supporter. Pete, welcome back to the Glover's Cast. Great to be back, David. Um, good to be speaking to you again. Thanks for asking us. Yeah, all. fantastic. No, we had a great chat last time, uh, ben, and that seemed a very long time ago now, doesn't it? It was uh, another bank very holiday when we time. played you. It was the end yeah. uh, end of August one, wasn't it? We played you at your place. Very long time ago, and a, a, a few ups and downs, more downs for us since yeah. that time. So we're hitting a critical period, as I think you know, David. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we really are in a dogfight now. I thought we were kind of, you know, we got the three points at Weymouth and we thought we that put enough distance between us and Weymouth. But then kind of from nowhere, Kings Lynn have, have come storming up. They've had brilliant form. I think they come, they played us, they had a great re- result against us and they've gone, you know, hell for leather since then. And, um, you know, it's really, really tight, um, a little bit too tight. I, I want to push away now, you know what I mean, and make get some safety. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, we, we played at Kings Lynn last weekend and uh, we, we, we we did our best work to, to well, we, we, nicked a, we nicked a couple of points off them. But um, yeah, we should have we, we should have done better. But they are fighting for their lives, aren't they? And I, I, am, I imagine it's a similar situation for for your guys. I mean, do, do, you, do you have that? Is that commitment there amongst your players to try and keep you in this division? I, I really felt it on Saturday. Um, yeah. You know, I really felt it. I've never. They went sprinting off the pitch at halftime, and there was a real fight and, and guile about them. Um, and yeah, I certainly, certainly felt it on um, Saturday. Yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can carry that on now. We've got some hard games, and I don't want to be relying on um, on our, our Surrey neighbours to do us a favour just before the end of the season when they. They play Kingsland because I think they'd be very happy not to do us a favour. I'm and sure they, they would. Yeah. They? yeah, they took your they, manager. Didn't they? they did. Yeah, Darren Sarr went his uh, went his way there. Uh, yeah, bigger bigger paycheck than he was going to get from us, I think. But uh, yeah, we're um... not a bigger club though. Trust me, not a bigger club. No, 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 absolutely. I like the way you add in the sorry neighbours there as well. So, I didn't yeah. even want to say the word, David. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, let's talk about last weekend because you should say you, you come off the back of six straight defeats um, and you play against Boreham Wood who I know they've come off the rails a little bit with their FA Cup run seems to have uh, done them some uh, no favours in the league but uh, yeah you got a 2-1 win there what what changed because it's such a change that was was fantastic so just take it back one week as well we played Eastleigh and I've never seen a game like it We, we we lost both keepers David 
right. we ended up with the forward in goal for the last half hour of the game. You know, thank God both keepers, you know, one's got an ACL. The other one we were really worried about at one stage because he didn't move for ages, but right. he just got a severe whiplash. So we've lost that to Eastley. I mean, we were thinking if you can get something against Eastley, then you're giving yourself a bit of a chance because we could have dragged them into it. Um, but unfortunately, they got the win. So then we come out last week. We had our lowest crowd in I don't know how long. It was about 1,092 um, with, as I'm sure you know, Boreham Wood don't have the biggest following um, ever. Yeah. So it was a low crowd. But um, we just come out and, and, and we played some really nice attacking football. There was a lot of guile, bodies in front of the ball. Um, we kind of done our usual thing. We went 1-0 up. They got it back to 1-0. And then we scored a lovely goal for the uh, second one, Jacob uh, barkley Agyabong. And, um, you know, it gave us real, real hope. But there was a real fight. And they went sprinting off the pitch at half time. You could really see them up for it. So they definitely know they're in a fight. And I think think we know we're in a fight. But, you know, even with just over a thousand in there, the ground was absolutely rocking because, you know, we're at that point now where it's pivotal and no one wants to see us go down. So the fans are definitely behind them. Although there's been a few rocky weeks, you know, where fans are naturally starting to show, you know, some of that frustration, um, you know, because we've had an awful run. We beat an old ride of yours, Weymouth, um, I think it was back in the January or something, with yeah. a 91st-minute winner. And we thought, great, we're kind of, we're going to get away from this. But then, unfortunately, um, you know, Kings Lynn have come from nowhere. And our form since has been, you know, it's been terrible uh, last Saturday aside. So I'm hoping that's it now. We've turned the corner. And I know you're a bit of a, a bit of a fake shot anyway. So I know you'll have your... I know now, don't you're... you start with me, Pete. I get enough of this from the rest of them. So, uh, yeah. I was telling them my uncle's coming down to go in the away end. So they're, they're asking me, they're, people are asking me if they can get a Yeovil older shot half and half scarf. I can't yeah, believe such enough. a thing exists, does it? <laughs> no, definitely not. I'd have to, I'd have to, uh, yeah, tie a few together. But I, I think I speak for every Oval fan when I said we'd much rather Weymouth went down than you guys. So, uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, what is it then? Because, uh, like you say, six defeats in a row, I think you haven't uh, won a game in nine. Uh, what changed on Saturday? Do you think it was the crowd and, you know, that, that gave them a bit of a spark or it just seems strange? I think as long as, you know, I think we, you've been to our ground, I know, David, yeah. and there's an incredible atmosphere in there. And we have a very, very, you know, fervent bunch of fans, that East Bank with a lovely big barrow. That, I love that. Uh, I love that end. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that carrow carries the echoes of the, of, of the years, but... I, I just, you know, really feel that we, we kind of lost our way. If I'm honest, there was a lot of chopping and changing from the manager. We were playing a very, very defensive style, um, you know, even at home. And, it, you know, for me, it just wasn't working. I see you making notes there. Don't be passing them on. <laughs> very <laughs> defensive style. Are you saying that, that? That must have changed, though, isn't it? The uh... Well, it definitely did last week. We definitely yeah. went out and, and got amongst it and got after it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for not too much change. We've had an awful lot of change. A lot of players come in. Massive difference for us. Um, I think he was there. Yeah, he was there when we played first time. guy called Corey Andrews. Mm -hmm. um, who's on loan from Wimbledon, went on to Colchester from us. And, um, you know, he was scoring all our goals and, and making a real difference. The minute he went, you know, we beat our, our local Surrey neighbours 3-2 on New Year's Day. Fantastic result. Great atmosphere. Great day. 
And, you know, but since then we lost him and we lost a player, uh, Laurie Walker. He was playing in goal for us. So we had a really good goalie. He went to Stevenage. But the frustrating thing is, David, he ain't played a game since he's gone there. He's sitting really? in the you know, but they offered him a two and a half year contract. What's he going to do? You know, yeah. but he really enjoyed his time here. It was really complimentary on Twitter. But, you know, that made a big difference. And then we had like two or three goalkeeper changes. And we had a young lad, Ryan Hall, come back last week. He's been out on loan at Wimborne, I think it was. Right. Uh, which, again, I don't think too far from you. He played an absolute blinder, um, you know, for us. Because obviously we got the other two keepers. One was the keeper on loan, Ethan Ross from Stockport and our stalwart Mitch Walker, who's been an ultimate professional this year. Um, you know, they're both out injured. Um, you know, now um, um, Mitch is awaiting an operation. And I'm not sure if we'll see Ethan back. But, yeah, it's really good to get this keeper back. And that that seems to be a thing for us. We've got, you know, a few young players, Tommy Willard, Alfie Saunders. And, you know, they've come up through that youth process. We've got to build that, David, the club we are. Um, you know, that's how we hope. We can't go out and pay £400,000 on a player. No. You know, I, I, you know, that would make a significant dent in our turnover, David, yep. let alone paying it for one player. And it was really weird. I went to I, I went to Wrexham the other week and we've always gone in the bar. We've always done different things there uh, when we've been there. But they were trying to charge £5 to even go in the bar. I just felt that it... It had that TikTok kind mm. of American influence. And I've always loved going. Have you ever been to the race course? Yeah, right? I've been a couple of times. Yeah, since you've been there. Fantastic, fantastic uh, ground to go to, but it just feels like it's it's losing that little bit. Um, you know, um, who would be your tip for promotion? Who do you want to see go up, David? Uh, I quite like Stockport to go up. I think Stockport will go up. They were my tip, right? We did our predictions back at the start of the season. We all said Stockport. Uh, they got a player plays up front from called Paddy Madden, who's um, played for Yeovil. Got a uh, season we got promoted to the championship, and um, yeah, Paddy's a yeah, he's a he's a hero for his time with us. So uh, yeah, I'd like this. In fact, they got a few of our players that are playing for them at the moment. Um, Stockport. It's always frustrating when you see that, isn't it? You think, yeah, well, for me, they were the best football inside I've seen without yeah. a doubt. I th- and I, th- I think they'll do it. And like you say, Wrexham will, pr- you know, might go up through the playoffs as well. Um, um yeah, money money does talk, doesn't it? At this level, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> talk significantly. And when you got a Hollywood sort of you know, yeah. superstar plowing money in, but, but yeah. yeah. And that makes it harder for clubs like ours. I think David makes it far harder for clubs like ours. Yeah. I mean, Boreham Wood were the ones who gave me a little bit of hope because I know they've got money from Arsenal play their, their ladies team there and the reserves there, don't they? But um, yeah. I don't think the Germans shy at putting a few bob in either. No, uh, Boreham Wood. Yeah. Have you got pitch as well? It's incredible. It's yeah. looks like Wimbledon. I think that's I think that's the Arsenal effect, isn't it? They spend a lot of money on making that pitch, pitch look good. But I, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Pete, about goalkeepers because, as you say, you've been through a few in um, in recent weeks. So I wanted to ask you about. We had a lad on loan uh, from QPR who was with you, I think, Dylan Barnes. Yeah, you can, people can't see this, but Pete just put his head in his hands. Every Oval fan, I think, of Dylan Barnes. On uh, we played uh, Torquay on on New Year's Day, and he literally threw one into his own net. I saw a highlight of one of his games for you, and I think he did exactly the same. He was, yeah. You know, I find it really hard because I, I do think about players, and um, you know, you know, I, I I I try not to be detrimental to anyone, but how on earth he got through the door? You know, for me, you know, you 
how on earth, you know, because I think his first game was Grimsby. That must have been the highlights you saw because yeah. right through his hands. And, and he's a big lad, isn't he? He's a big yeah. sort of player. Um, but I was really, really surprised, um, really surprised at, at him and at him coming in because I just, I, I didn't see it. And, and how was he for you guys? Exactly the same. Exactly the same, yeah. We played uh, we played Bournemouth in the FA Cup and he he, he, he let three. And I mean, Bournemouth are a decent side, so we'll, we'll forgive him that. But yeah, against um, against Torquay, he 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 threw one. He threw one in. But there, there was another player in that game. He played for Torquay, a, play, a striker by the name of Sinclair Armstrong, who was on loan from QPR as well. Who I think you've signed. Yeah. yeah. Now he looked. He, I think he's only eighteen, but he he, he was. He was a fair old unit as well, and he looked a very good player. I mean, you must be play- you've obviously signed him on loan from QPR, haven't you? He, yeah, he could be a difference for you. I hope so. We've got him till the end of the season. It's a place, like I said, you know, I think Corey Andrews is still our top scorer on 11, and right. then we've got a few kicking around about midfielders at three and that. So he could make a massive difference. And I, I believe a, a friend told me from the Torquay um, uh, fan board that he, he was really popular when he was down at Torquay. So fingers yeah. crossed on that one, David. We really need someone who can who can consistently score for us. You know, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, obviously, even the fake shot in me uh, still wants Yeovil to win. So uh, I'll uh, I'll hope that that's not the case. But uh, as I say, I think I speak for every Oval fan when I say we'll we'll do our absolute best to uh, to take some points from that lot down on the seaside for for you on Easter Monday and keep them at bay at least. Definitely, and I really appreciate it. It's been really good getting to know you this season, David. Much appreciated. Would you mind if I just did a quick shout-out? Is that okay, David? You can do a shout-out to whoever you like, Pete, yeah. yeah. My, my, my uncle, who took me to my first game in 1977, he's just had a major operation today. He's recovering well tonight, but if he's listening in, Jimmy O'Shea, get well soon, mate, and we'll have you back roaring at the wreck soon. Really appreciate that. It was a big old operation he's had today. So appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that, David. No um, worries. Well we'll let you know where it is. You can send it across to him and he can have a he can have a listen to you. But yeah. Yeah get well soon, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you, David. And best of luck for the rest of the season after Friday, of course. After Friday, David. yeah, yeah. My yeah. my fake shot friend. I hope all your yoga <laughs> friends are listening to that. <laughs> well, if you're uh, if you're about on, uh, on on Friday, and I I can make it down from my northern home uh, in time, we'll have to. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep an eye out for you. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely down there. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully, um, it's a great game and a yeah. good result. Yeah, I hope the weather's good for you as well because there's no roof on that terrace at Yeovil. So uh, <laughs> yeah, bring a coat if it is if it looks like it's raining. <laughs> I will do. Thanks for right, the tip. Cheers, Pete. Thanks for that. Thanks, David. Huge thanks to uh, Pete, who may or may not be related to Dave. We simply don't know. There's no way we can say. If, by the way, you didn't hear that and you've just heard me outro and me intro, that's me being rubbish at editing. I'll stick it on the end. Probably. Who knows? Just listen. Keep listening. It'll be there somewhere. You might have to wait for five minutes after the end of this podcast. Exactly. So it'll be there somewhere. Very interesting chat, nonetheless. Um, I was just looking, actually. Last time we played Old Shot earlier in the season, Charlie Wakefield referenced it. Someone called Joe Quigley (laughs) bagged a couple. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Although he did score his first goal for Chesterfield, didn't he, last weekend? Bit of a strike on it. Bit of a finish, by all accounts. Yeah, Yeah. it was a bit of a, a pinger. Bit of a pinger. Um, looking at that team, actually, interesting. Dan Moss won't be playing. 
Max Hunt probably won't be playing. Josh Staunton will be assistant manager. Uh, <laughs> and we only had four, and we only had four on the bench of one of which one was Evans and one was Toby Stevens. Yeah. Things have yeah. changed. Things yeah. have changed. That was the, if I remember rightly, I think that was a, that was only our second game, wasn't it? Because the Wrexham game getting called off because of COVID. So the first game I saw, and I do remember for the uh, Wakefield uh, bombing down the right hand side, he was in properly destructive form at that in in that game. So well, yeah, have a bit more of that, please. If he plays, as we were discussed. Yeah. Well, we we think he'll get a, a some game time. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure quite how much. But let's hope it's effective. Right, we're going to take some GCQs in a moment or two as we look ahead to a busy, busy weekend. Um, we want to give a little shout out to our friend Chris, who does the Throwback Thursdays. I always butcher his surname, so I'm not going to do it. Um, do check out his YouTube channel, Green and White Goals. Today's uh, today's the 14th. So yesterday's, as you're listening to this, was a little bit different. Normally, it's a clip of a goal or a game or something that was really good. Today's was really cool. It was a it was a sort of a, a remembrance of Alex Stock, who passed away uh, in April 2001. One. Yeah, 2001. So 20, <laughs> 21 years ago now. Um he passed away and there's a nice little sort of uh, collection of clips it's not just the one if you scroll keep going down on the website on the uh, app not on the app on the website yeah i said website um there's the main bit that he's put up and then he's found some other links as well and it's just you can get, kind of get lost in a little youtube rabbit hole of, of alex stock one of our greatest one of our very greatest here at hewish box so huge thanks to chris and green and white goals for um bringing that to you available every thursday with us here on the glovers cast and of course on his youtube he's uploading all the time loads of cool stuff so yeah we just want to give that a, a little bit of a shout now um sheridan you're back with us on sunday as well you're doing a double header because he's yeah. not been released from his uh from his shackles just yet which is good news but ian is joining you on um monday so we're not going to do too much on the weymouth game we'll save that i think so we're excited about it. Ian's excited about it if we pay the ransom. Um, Got to get through tomorrow first, though, and that's a bit of a difficult challenge, isn't it? And I think that's something that I've been thinking about whilst listening to, the, to, the, to Chaz and Dave, Chaz and Chaz. Um, how difficult do you think it is going to be for them when you've got a derby that means a bit and Charlie Wakefield's joking about can we relegate them and stuff? Tomorrow matters in front of a home crowd because there aren't many home games left. How difficult is that challenge going to be, do you think, for the team? Yeah, I think it's going to be really difficult. I think it's going to be important that Charlie Lee gets on, gets his first win. Of course, he hasn't, except in the Somerset Premier Cup, of course. Second win. Second win. First league win. Thank you. Um, and particularly at Hewish Park, you know, it's somewhere he knows so well. He's had some lovely moments there. I think it's really important that he gets off to a, to a good start. And I also think going into the Weymouth game, the three matches that we played against them we were in poor form and it showed didn't it when we played them if we can go into that game with a lot more confidence in really good form six seven unbeaten there is no reason why we can't get two wins but I actually do think depending on how tomorrow goes will depend on how Monday goes um, because I think form goes out the window in terms of Weymouth being in the position that they're in. I mean, they're in big, big, big trouble. Um, I very much doubt we're going to be playing them next season. Um, but they always step their game up for us, understandably. I think we need to finally go into a derby in good form. We need to win one of those bloody derbies because we're not going to see one for a little while, are we? Um, right. I think that kind of finishes off the older shot chat. I'm looking forward to it. Not going to lie. I've got a little feeling about this weekend and I'm working throughout it, but I've got a little good feeling that I'm looking forward to this weekend. Dave, are you traveling down for both games? 
am. Yes, yeah, yeah. Are I you? go down Friday, uh, tomorrow morning, Friday morning, this morning, as you're listening to it. I will be on the motorway. So, providing I make it there in time with the Good now, Friday traffic. traffic. What's I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. I, I have an, I have an early alarm call to leave. Uh, yeah, Lancashire uh, to get there, and then yeah, I'm travelling back on Easter Monday. So, I'm going to see a lot of the M5 and the M6. I think so. Yeah, wish me. Wish me, uh, pray to the motorway gods for me, won't you? Yeah. Nice work. Right. I think that wraps up the football. I think that's yeah. all the football stuff. Should we do some GCQs? Call it a night and I can have a go at patching this all together? Yeah. Do you want me to read them? Yeah, because I haven't got them. Because I'm oh, useless. Right, okay. we, 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 we've, we've established this already, Dave. I don't look at them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Stony 13 Palace Glover asks... See the club are cost-cutting with no printed programme. A hint of things to come, question mark, GCQs. Um, so there is a digital programme, which I see has been referred to as a trial. So whether that means it's just a one-off and I'll see how it goes or, or not. I, I did um, speak to Paul Hadlow from the Green and Whites, uh, who obviously do a lot of the uh, they sell all the programs, their volunteers sell the programs on match day. Uh, and he was saying that, yes, um, they have gone down, you know, sales have gone down a bit, which you would expect with lower crowds being at the game anyway. Um, he did say you know, collectors, and in his words, the oldies, probably fit into that category, don't I, um, do enjoy a printed program. I, I, I'll be honest, I've bought a program for a little while now, um, but don't know maybe if you can find some way to commercialize a digital printed uh, a digital product maybe that is the way forward i don't match day programs nfts that's all i'm saying yeah get them on the blockchain i don't even know what that means do it <laughs> get them on the blockchain. <laughs> yeah it's a strange one isn't it the uh, the programs uh, is it cost cutting well if it's not making any money if it's costing a fortune to print them and no one's buying them and they're yeah. chucking them out and recycling them get rid of them I mean, the world is changing. The yeah, I, I don't mind. Like we had one. I seem to remember when John Hopper did them. We had there's an app, isn't there? The Match Day Program app. I remember that. Yeah. And you could still buy them. You were still paying money. I think they were considerably cheaper. And I remember buying some when I was, you know, 300 miles away. So if there's a way of doing it where they can, the content doesn't drop because I still think it's important that people receive good content on these kind of things. And it's a valuable resource and it's a great way for, for, for clubs to communicate with fans on a regular basis. Um, so if you can make that happen, if it's a trial, I don't mind it. It will upset a few collectors. It will. But honestly, I've got uh, the bag that I do. I take to the BBC games. It's probably still got some programs in it. If anybody wants them, they can have them because I don't use them. Yeah, you know, bit of a weird one. So, cost cutting maybe, but fine. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, <laughs> that might not be the answer they were looking for. I don't think. I agree. Yeah, I do do say although programs will not be available to purchase on the day, we will endeavour to print some physical copies. If you would like one, please register your interest here. So well, that you, might be a way uh, of doing it. Yeah. That might be a way of doing it of kind of letting people know in advance where you could almost book a, a you know weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks in advance. I'm definitely coming to the Weymouth game. I definitely like a program. I'm definitely doing this game. I definitely like a program, and you kind of then can budget around the printing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
um, I think that they've also said that next week they're going to put our a feedback survey on the program to get people's thoughts. So that's good. I mean, we spoke the other, we've spoken a lot in recent weeks about the importance of communication with supporters, haven't we? And that is the club making, uh, opening a channel of communication. So hopefully if there are people out there who do like a printed program and want a printed program, that is the place to go. Look out for that feedback survey and uh, tell people what you what you think or if you like the digital version tell people what they think as well and yeah that's um, that seems like a, a good thing so hopefully there's a positive to come out of all of that see we do shout about the good things as well we do we do, we do. yeah we, we don't just moan we don't just sign petitions we say the good stuff we, we do moan a lot as well we do moan yeah. a lot we yeah. do moan a lot definitely. okay well we've got two more gcqs okay. and i'm going to save the really big one for last so mm-hmm. people can be prepared for that one so dan johnson always relying down for a gcq under the assumption he's back with the assumptions a lot he? of he assuming had, going on here. he had a two assumes in his questions <laughs> last time so dan you know what they say about assuming assume makes an ass of you and me um under the assumption that the takeover is completed and a new manager is appointed do you think charlie lee would make a good long-term assistant manager sheridan robbins just before we start the word assume is doing an extra lot of work in that particular tweet isn't it it's doing a lot we've only got assumption in there once haven't we i know but it's it's a some it's assuming quite a lot has happened yeah, well, it's asking the question: Do we think? Do we think if there's a new manager comes in, because it could be that there's no takeover and there's a new manager comes in, do we think Charlie Lee would make a good long-term assistant? Yeah, I, I would like to see Charlie Lee as part of our future, um, yeah. and I see him as auditioning for the manager's job. Ooh. Personally, uh, I don't see why. If he does brilliantly in these next seven games, why we wouldn't give him a shot? I think we're at that place as a club. I've always been a little bit, I think, post-Darren Way, not just going to club legends and former players, but the way that Charlie Lee came back alongside Darren, how he's doing now, I would have no problem with if it goes well and he wants to do it, him having a shot at the manager's job. Um, manager's job absolutely I, I yeah. just I don't see that being off the table personally at the moment no 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 absolutely like you say if he has a really good end to the season yeah Ben what do you think manager assistant manager do you think there is a place for Charlie Lee in whatever the setup is or should be a place for Charlie Lee I absolutely think there's a place for Charlie Lee in the future setup I don't think it's manager mm-hmm. I think the time has come next season um, for us to have a manager that's got a bit of experience. That's why I was partly so disappointed to, to lose Darren Sahl in the way that we had. He had that kind of bank of experience, both with us and with other clubs that I kind of felt like he would be able to take a little step back occasionally and manage a football club, not manage Oval Town. If that makes any sense whatsoever. So I would love to see Charlie involved. He's clearly got the respect of players that he knows and doesn't know, as you've already said, Sheridan. So I, I definitely think there's a place for Charlie at the football club beyond this season quite what that position is whether he becomes a little bit Skiverton-esque a little bit assistant manager coachy a little bit of been there done that I've worn the t-shirt learn from me not to the same level of course for whatever for what everything Skiverton went through but whether that's the role that he can kind of slot into alongside someone more experienced so for me absolutely get him involved but I don't think he's quite the top dog we need just yet 
There was a lot of E in that then. Was there was there? a lot of assume me, uh, skip it an E. Yeah, oh, okay. there's a lot of E in there. Yeah, in the same way Dan Johnson's questions are a lot of assumption. I think. What do you think, Dave? What are you, Charlie? Lee? You getting him involved? Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like uh, the way, like you say, he's, he's, uh, I don't know why I expected him to be as a caretaker manager, but he's not this um, in terms of the way that he is. He can't, I, I always remember that game. Uh, remember the Solly old game when Wilco went in goal? Uh, and I don't know who was interviewing him for the BBC, uh, or it might have been for the, um, uh, the uh, YouTube, for the club YouTube. But I remember Wilco talking about it, and Charlie Lee walks past him, and he goes, oh, we love you, Wilco. You're a real hero, Wilco. And you just get the impression that he's a bit of a piss taker. You know, he's a bit of a jack. He's a bit of a character in the dressing room, isn't he? So it must have been strange for him to have to be the gaffer Chas the manager or whatever we want to call him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um yeah, so I, I didn't expect him to be ice, but I do like what I hear from him and like what I see from him. And you do get the impression because he's not Terry Skibbert and is he? he's not Darren Way, he's not someone that's got long, long, long connection with the club. He's you know, been a player for us for two seasons. Lots of people have been players for um players for us for two seasons that you wouldn't uh, but he does seem to get it you know he seems to have that that connection and maybe that's just the personality he is but you do get the impression that he really does care about it um and you see him at the end of games he comes over came over at king's lynn there wasn't the same sort of atmosphere that there was at barnet um in the king's lynn game but he came over and he was thanking everybody and yeah i i, I get genuinely get the impression that it means something to him so i like him i think yeah there's a there's a place for him one way or the other before we do the last GCQ, can I just say thanks to you two? We promised Debs that we wouldn't say any naughty words, and I don't think we have. So her son can listen. Her 10-year-old can listen. So that's good. Thanks, guys. I might have said a P word just I now. Think, I think that skips just yeah. under the radar. Okay. I think you get away with that. Right. Any more than that, that. That's the top level, so no more, please. Okay. I had, my, I had my niece and nephew over up uh, at the... At the beginning of this week, and we played a computer game, and it had a lot of swear words in. And I just watched my sister's face go like thunder in the background. So, yeah, sorry, Debs. Okay, we're ready for the last question. Then. Let's go. Let's do it. Harry Eaton, what are your go-to pizza toppings? It's a big question, isn't it? It's up Barrett, there. West Yorkshire. It's it, it's up there with the meal deal. It's it's yeah. important. The answer to this is important. <laughs> I mean, I know. I'm, I know we've already invited you back for Monday, for Sunday, Monday, Sheridan, but if you get this wrong, I will take this or I will take it away. No question. I brought you in and I'll get you out. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, mine, I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly, fairly simplistic kind of guy. I, I often go meat feast. Just keep it in. I'm not averse to some chicken with a bit of veg, but I do like a jalapeno on a pizza. So normally anything I get will have a jalapeno involved. So something... Meaty and spicy. Dave Coates, Sheridan, you're last. I am pretty, come to you last. I am pretty similar. Um, usually go for a, a, a Domino's and one of those create your own one because my other half oh. likes. And can I just ask this question? And there is a right and a wrong answer to this. Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no, Ben? No. Absolutely not. Thank correct you. Answer. Thank you. That is the correct answer. Pineapple on a pizza. We have a half and half, large half and half pizza. He will put ham and pineapple on one side. I will not go anywhere near that. So mine usually consists of uh, salami, uh, sausage, uh, sometimes ground beef. 
uh, some green and red peppers in there as well, and maybe a bit of bacon. So kind of like a meat feast with some token vegetables on there in the peppers, I think. That's what I'll go for. Like it. Sheridan, this is this is kind of this is important. Not to put the pressure on, but this is oh, more I I've ever been so nervous. Um I am really simple, but I was gonna say this is this is more than you're having to intro as well. Yeah. Always go for pepperoni. Always. Yeah. I'm actually it's super simple. But if I had a second choice, um I like chicken and I like the barbecue chicken as well. Okay, oh yeah, yeah okay. I can I can go for barbecue chicken. Sometimes that has been mistakenly put on my pizza, and I've I've actually gone for it, but then I've never Good gone back to it. Yeah. Oh god, that was tense. Yeah, you can well come done. back. You can come Make back on. Up. Yeah, you can. That's absolutely fine. I think that wraps us up. I think that wraps us up. A huge thank you to everybody for joining us. If you have listened to us on Match Day and you like it, let us know. We probably won't do it again, but you know, let us know. We will. Uh, we will do it again, won't we? We'll do it again on. Oh, Monday. we will. Of yeah. course, I said that an hour ago. Um, yeah, so if you liked it, feel free to let us know. Really appreciate it. As always, thank you, everyone, for your support, your likes, your listens. We had to upgrade the website this week, Dave. Should we say that? We had to upgrade yeah. the website because too many people are visiting. Just a little pat on self back. Oh, I love that. Two, two pounds or something, isn't it? Yeah, two, two pounds. Yeah, to upgrade the website, yeah. So we are now, we are now in the red. When we release our profit and loss... <laughs> People will be pouring all over that. Yeah. And we will be talking about how we've actually got a really strong set of accounts. But anyway, Ben, let's go before I get in trouble. Bye. I can't find the stop recording button. (laughs) And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.